This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. It's very similar. It just didn't offend me deeply. And Willis. I feel like shitty transition is a perfectly legitimate transition. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. See, every time I want to start with we're back now uh, and we've just made it weird. Yeah, you can. We're back. Uh, yeah. Welcome to episode 88 of Pixel Splitters. Um, we already did this mm-hmm. opening, but, you know, here we go. It's OK. We got a few things to talk about, um, as we tend to do. There is a, not that we, we tend to talk about things, but as we tend to do, <laughs> there is a new MCU film out. Yes. Uh, and we're going to geek out about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania for a yes. little bit, which Josh has seen and I have not. Mm-hmm. So all of my geeking will be speculative. Yes. Um, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yep. Spoiler free. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about the BAFTAs, which were this previous Sunday, the 19th. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about who won, who didn't. Um, and what that could spell for the Oscars. For the Oscars. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much the BAFTAs. The BAFTAs. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much the BAFTAs are really a indicator uh, yeah. metric, but hey, whatever. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to get a little out of the news world mm-hmm. um, and talk about mid-tier movies. Yeah. Uh, these are movies, you know, that are not made for a huge mounts, not expected to make a huge amount, that were for a long time called dead. Yeah. Well, I think we called them oh, dead like I a think, year ago. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> Turns out. But maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. not. So uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah. And what, well, I don't know, that we'll see where that conversation takes us. Yes, definitely. But before we do all that, Josh, you want to run us through our weekly releases? I definitely do, because we have the, the most important movie of the year. Uh, we have Cocaine Bear hitting theaters on February 24th which I'm very, very excited for, and you had it on your top five most anticipated. My number two most anticipated. Will you be seeing Cocaine Bear this weekend? See, I don't know. I want to say yes, but I don't go to the theaters that often, and I have 19 other movies on my Oscar list to watch. Yes. Not to mention Ant-Man, Ant-Man. and the Wasp Quantumania. <laughs> so it's a big list right now um, that I just really need to start chipping away at, my God. I know. We've been trying. It's hard. It's harder than you'd think, especially for people who like watching movies. I don't know why it's this hard, but yeah, it will like after the Oscars, it will be so much easier. There's so much pressure right now, man. Uh, it really is. And it's pressure we've put on ourselves, but it's pressure nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no one will be mad if we like fail except right. us, except us um, which is, and you, dear listener. We yeah, do this true. for you. That's true. Um, but anyway, but anyway, cocaine, cocaine bear. bear is coming. <laughs> uh, we also have Jesus Revolution, which I'm not going to explain, but watch the trailer. It looks really, really odd. And I think Kelsey Grammer is in this movie. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Jai we Cor- also or no, not Jai Courtney, Joel Courtney. Yes, I was like Jai Courtney. Also, what the hell? <laughs> no, sorry, it's very strange. Um, and the other movie is My Happy Ending. Co- uh, premiering February 24th. These are both small movies that are going wide, but you might be able to find them in your local theater. Uh, Cause like we said, mid tier movies might be coming back. 
Um, not the Avril Lavigne song. No, no, definitely not. For streaming, we have uh, Bel Air coming back for season two, which I'm like interesting. Okay, I don't. I, the, a lot of these shows that were reboots, I kind of just wrote off, but yeah. they're all coming back for season two. So uh, people are watching them. Don't know. Uh, that's coming back on Peacock. We have Outer Banks season three. Uh, coming back on Netflix on the 23rd. We have The Consultant coming uh, to Yay. Prime on the 24th, which I will be checking out. We'll see. I don't know. I like Waltz. Um, we have Formula One, Drive to Survive, coming to Netflix on the 24th. And then we have Party Down, the reboot, yeah. coming to Stars on the 24th. Okay. Didn't really know that was coming, but that's pretty Oh, cool. that's been coming for a while, yeah. I like that. That's really cool. So that's what we got for shows. For movies, we have Bruiser hitting Hulu on the 24th. Uh, we have Megan coming to Peacock on the 24th as well, which is really soon. Um, yeah. And then we have we have, we have have a ghost coming to Netflix on the 24th as well. And which I I'm do, so jacked for. Yes, it does look pretty funny. Um, and I do want to shout out that The Whale, Women Talking, and The Outwaters are all streaming on VOD right now because... They drop without warning, so sometimes I don't have it prepped. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the I literally <laughs> like three days ago was googling everywhere to say like where can I watch the whale? Yeah, um, and everyone was like, it's not going to come out coming. until like March twenty fifth. I'm like, yep. Lo and behold, oh, cross that off. Yeah, today it's on VOD. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, get your Oscar Best Picture. Oh no, that wasn't up for Best Picture, was it? That was Best Actor. No, it's uh, Best Actor. Yeah. Anyways. Get those, knock those off your list. Um, and that's what's coming this week, guys. So let's get on into the episode. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, <clears throat> Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Coming to theaters. Yes. After not a great run in the MCU in terms of theatrical releases. We're talking... Uh, Wakanda Forever, we're talking Thor, Love and Thunder, we're talking, I guess, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Eternals and Shang-Chi, I think that was Phase 4. Yeah. Oh, oh, and No okay. Way Home, yeah. too. But like, and No Way Home, No too. Way Home was- I was more talking just last year, but- um, Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, but so yeah, yeah it was those. Yeah. yeah. We hadn't even gotten to phases yet, Josh. Got I know, good God. Uh, so, coming to a time when uh, the MCU not so- popular no that's not putting unpopular it like, but like not well not the golden child it once was exactly like coming out of phase three it was like the mcu can do no wrong and every yeah. you know transgression has been forgotten at this point because endgame just blew everyone out of the water yeah not so much these days and especially yeah. and i think that this has a lot to do with it the shows last year were really, really not great as a Burned whole. a lot of people out, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that you had to tune in every week to, to a new episode mm -hmm. and not just every couple months for a new movie, I think that, I know that it made me very, very weary. Well, <laughs> I will say I had no problem with that when it, we were talking WandaVision, when we were talking Loki, mm -hmm. you good know, shows. that kind of stuff. Yeah, good shows. When it came to, like, watching every episode of the Falcon and the winter soldier yeah. or, she -Hulk. um, or she Hulk, she Hulk's really the, the gold standard there. They was like tough, but, yeah. um, even miss Marvel towards the end. I'm like, ah, dude, miss Marvel and, um, Hawkeye was the other one in there. Yeah. Which was you know? like forgettable. So, yeah. 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 Um, Florence Pugh is the, one of the few things I remember from Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so that all said, not not coming into Ant Man with the best momentum, we'll say. Yes. Ant Man kicking off phase five. Yes, is news a, to a lot of people, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I That's one of those, I feel like in my head, like when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I knew that. We yeah. knew it, but yeah, they did not say But it seems five. like, yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about Ant-Man in just a sec, but it seems like it was one of those, there was nothing huge of consequence to end phase four. Exactly. Like what was the last thing would have been Wakanda forever, right? Yes, which, yeah. you know, ended in kind of a, you know, medium and nothing much is going on type of thing. Yeah, and didn't feel like a a closing film. No. The way that like every other phase has started has ended with a Avengers movie. Right. Or yeah. two. Yeah. Um well, <laughs> So Ant-Man. Ant-Man. A lot of weight on Ant-Man to open phase 5 because Ant-Man has I think traditionally been kind of a peripheral character. Absolutely. Even in the Avengers yeah. movies, he's like shows yeah. up at the end. He's just kind of like, and like, you know, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp was kind of a, uh, a world building kind of thing of like, yeah, here's the quantum realm so that y'all know what the quantum realm is. So yeah, we can so when we bring sell it back time travel years. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but tell me, let's, I keep saying this, but tell me what you thought of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, before I say what I thought, I just want to say that I was not anticipating this movie at all going in. I actually was dreading my screening when I was going in. So mm -hmm. that definitely impacted the way I uh, came out of it. Mm -hmm. But I thought this was much better than a lot of the previous installments in the mcu not by every metric but by my not feeling like i just wasted three hours of my life sure i didn't really feel that with this i'm like you know decent night at the movies the reception overall is bad like 56 percent yeah. on rotten tomatoes like bad and those yeah. and those ratings came out the week before so like yeah. people were going in being like this is shit which yeah. I don't get that. That's another conversation for a different day. Um, well, so it's currently like, I think tied with, or maybe it's overtaken, but like it's considered critically the worst MCU movie. Overtook Eternals, I think. Yeah. Overtook Eternals. Yeah. Which is something. Which is something. It's so weird because there's so many forces working against this movie yeah. that... I don't know that there's any way that this can come out as a success. I mean, financially, it'll be fine, but yeah. this is not going to be a movie that people are like, oh, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. When, when it was announced, Multiverse of Madness, No Way Home, like these massive like yeah. Avengers-level movies, it's not that. It's not that. It's a very yeah. contained story. Um, so, and it only, I mean, it made, what, $106 million opening weekend, which is very low yeah. for a Marvel movie when they usually open at minimum to about $140 million. Yeah. Uh, and at most, like, $300 million, like Endgame does. Um, yeah. So, that's where I sit on it. People are being too harsh. <laughs> Do you think if the previous five installments in the MCU were wild. If, yeah. if uh, Wakanda forever was better than the original black Panther, right. if um, 
you know, uh, Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder was like good gang, but as gangbusters <laughs> as, as Ragnarok and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like if, if we were still riding the hype train of this, yeah, of the MCU, is this movie like incredible? Like, okay. That's a tough one. Let me frame it this way. Strip away. Let me frame it an entirely different way. For Perfect. Uh, strip away all of the MCU baggage. Is this movie bad or is this movie good? Or is this movie like just getting bogged down by the baggage that's being brought to it? It's definitely getting bogged down because again, I grade these so much differently. If the, if this was a standalone movie, like Ant-Man was the only MCU movie and this is the third in the string. Yeah. It's not a good movie. Like it's, it's, it's so tough because they're so formulaic. Like there is no yeah. deviation in this movie from the rest. Like it's very similar. It just didn't offend me deeply like some of the <laughs> others have where I just feel like I'm getting like punched in the face by Kevin Feige. Yeah. Um, it's so tough, man, because we're in a vacuum. Like we're in a, where you can't separate it out. Like if we could, yeah. Like in many ways, Iron Man, you could go back and re-rank Iron Man to be like, ah, was it that good, you know? Yeah. It's hard. I really don't know. I think that, yeah, if the last movies were good, this movie would have... Our theater wasn't even sold out. Opening night IMAX wasn't even sold out. Interesting. Like there were seats around me. I'm like, oh shit. So people are really not taking this seriously. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I think people are freaking tired, man. They're really tired. Even the people that were sitting behind us, I could hear them kind of like rolling their eyes at certain points. And I'm like, you're just normies. I can tell you're rolling <laughs> your eyes at this. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really bad. It will be interesting to see what Bob Iger's role becomes in this. I know. Because arguably, Chapek there, his big thing was a push into streaming. And the shows. And the shows, which is, you know, worked for some things, but like, I think a lot of the fatigue that we're feeling right now is from just like, you know, I, I sat through She-Hulk and like got nothing yeah. from it, yeah, you know, and got like a corruption of like the Daredevil character that I loved so much. And now he's like, you know. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if Bob Iger, new CEO renewed CEO. Yeah. Um, back again. Of uh of Disney steps in, talks to Kevin Feige and goes, "What's the plan here?" Um well, I don't did, know if he'll be that hands-on, but I, it's so crazy because it's an X factor. For, definitely and for Disney, I mean, the MCU is such a huge component of the their money-making machine right now yeah. that he's going to have to step in and honestly like about a week ago from recording this uh, Feige actually had an interview with, I think, EW, where mm -hmm. he said, like, oh, we're going to actually pump the brakes on the TV shows and not release them, you know, we're going to give them room to breathe and actually yeah. sit by themselves, which this is, we've talked about this. They come up with a slate of movies with a freaking schedule attached to it, which yeah. means that, and we know it's a big universe, it's a big storyline, which means that if they're, re, if they're moving things around, it does not bode well for the plan. Like yeah. if, okay, these five shows are supposed to premiere this year, this year, now they're not, you now have to remake those shows because like the, they have to fall in line with the, the yeah. storyline and yeah, that just gets messy. Interchanged. Yeah. Like we've well, seen and that I remember, <laughs> I remember, 
talking on this pod, I don't know, like a year and a half ago or whatever, Mm -hmm. and looking at the slate of, you know, what's coming and being like, there's literally a new piece of MCU content every week. Yeah. Whether it's like, we're going to go through eight episodes of this and then we're getting like a disassembled making of like a movie and then we're getting, you know, a feature film and then we're just into another show and then we're doing that, you know, like we're for all 52 weeks. And like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. And like, if it doesn't work, you're drowning your viewers in like a negative emotion around it. Right. You know, and I think that's where we are. And I think, do you think this can be pulled back? Do you think we can get back to hype levels? I do. Maybe. I mean, like we'll never reach like end game hype levels, but like, right. Do you think we can get back up there where it's like a big, a big deal? I absolutely think think they can do that. They've just gotten too big with what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, we had this issue with Wakanda forever, which I think is actually one of the better directed movies Mm -hmm. of the phase four. But it just was stuffed to the brim with stuff that just wasn't connecting. And that's how I feel about the MCU is they're just trying to do too much. And now, you know, with the whole variant thing and the timelines and it's like there, what, what I think people are also asking themselves, like what matters here? Yeah. Like if there's infinite timelines, what, who cares? You mean, you know, Robert Downey Jr. could show up in Kang dynasty. Like that sucks. Like that's not what we want. And I think that's on the table for a lot of things. So they need to be careful, man. They really need to be careful. Cause yeah, (laughs) they're losing their hardcore fans. That ain't good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the tough thing. And it's like, so, you know, we're having Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum manias kick us off here. The next thing we're getting is guardians three, mm-hmm. which I'm like hyped for, I guess. Sure. Yeah. You know, like I think we were talking on this pod last week, like it feels a little tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then after that, uh, I think just this morning, actually they bumped the Marvels out farther from out of this year yeah that's good because i've heard not one thing from that set uh oh, th- okay so this was a couple days ago it looks like um okay no it's been bumped from summer to november so does that mean that the only summer movie is going to be guardians guardians them? yeah interesting well honestly as much time as you need to make this right I just, you feel the rush job. And even in this movie, I'm like, I feel the rushing here, man. Like, I Mm -hmm. can see the seams. And people don't care about budget. We care about budget. You're throwing $250 million at this thing, and it still doesn't look good, and it still is messy. So that's an interesting thing because, and this is purely speculation, but the Marvel's push could 100% be Bob Iger being like, no, we're not releasing this. Yeah. <laughs> if you need more money, like, cause Bob Iger spends money. Yeah, <laughs> like that's does. his jam. Stay so if he's like, if you money. need more money to finish this correctly and make this better, like we'll bump it two months. Right. Um, you know, that, that could be a direct result of a mandate from him again. Yeah. Like speculation, but yeah. Um, they also released a Marvel's poster, which is pretty dope. 
Yeah, with the three of them stacked. With the three of them, yeah. Yeah, it is pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, so Ant-Man, I'm going to see it. I love Ant-Man. I will never not love Ant-Man. Like, yeah. even beyond just the MCU, he's one of my favorite superheroes, so, like, rock and roll. Um, yeah, and I think you're going to enjoy this movie. Like, there's a lot yeah. to like about it. But going into a Marvel movie being like, okay, what did I like about this? Like, that's how I think about them coming out. It's like, okay, well, what did I like about this? Versus like, oh, did I like the movie? It's like, yeah, but yeah. only kind of. It's really yeah. strange. Um, You're trying to come up with a jump from... Uh, from that to the best. <laughs> uh yeah um it's not even like anyone in ant-man is british like no no <laughs> i was like like is there like an andrew garfield in there or something there's nothing so uh, the baftas yeah the i feel like shitty transition is a perfectly legitimate transition yes you know? so the british academy of film and television arts awards the baftas yes they happened yeah, although I'm looking at that acronym and I'm like, it should be B-A-F-T-A-A-S. But maybe it's because it's called the BAFTA Awards. Oh, okay. That's fine, I guess. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, They happened. They were Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, So BAFTA is a little bit different in that, like, they have a lot of British specific yes. uh, nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, So the actual like pool of uh nominees is, is tends to be a little bit different but um yes yes but we can speculate anyway and be like how did this uh <laughs> how did how this, did this roll out yeah sure yeah because it's it's really interesting and the reason that i wanted to talk about this first and foremost was because there was an image that was up of all of the winners and i was like hmm very not colorful here for the winners, which made me go, oh, wait a minute, the BAFTAs were last night, so let me look and see what happened here. <laughs> and so I was reading through, and it's interesting because while some of the winners, and we'll go through them, you know, a lot of, it's very it's a very white winning circle. Yes. Um, but a lot very of the British. nominees were going further than even the Oscars were going. So I was like, oh, interesting. Like some people on here that were never going to be nominated for an Oscar. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe because they were British or whatever. But you did. um, So like we had, what, Gina Prince-Bythewood was nominated. Um, Mm -hmm. Park Chan-wook was nominated. Um, Daniel Deadweiler was nominated. Uh, Hong Chow, Dolly DeLeon, Michael Ward, like a whole host of people were nominated for this for these awards, which I was like, Oh, interesting. Like people that weren't even in yeah. conversation. Like I was like triangle of sadness. Dolly de Leon should have been up for something. She was fantastic <laughs> in that movie. Yeah. Nope. But here, okay. <laughs> I guess that's something. <laughs> it's interesting. And I don't know, I don't watch the BAFTAs, so it's hard to say like historically yeah. what they go with, but like, this doesn't look amazing, especially when we go through like the best film list. Yeah. Should we just run through a couple of these? Yeah, sure. Because for best film, uh, we had Tar, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis, Banshees, and All Quiet on the Western Front, All Quiet Winning, which is interesting because I feel like the Banshees would have played right into this um, <laughs> into yeah. this uh, group. Well, there's also like, the you know, the BAFTAs being a British category, um, maybe not so happy with the 
or maybe not the Irish, maybe not so happy with the British. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's and that true. whole situation. Um, That's true. Don't know speculating, but that like when I see that, I was like, I don't know how much uh, Mark McDonough is <laughs> lobbying for a BAFTA. That's true. <laughs> Because they also have outstanding British film. So, like, that's one thing yeah. is they do, like you said at the top, like, they do separate them out. Um, and it's funny looking at the outstanding British film because you have movies that are obvious, but then you also have, like, see how they run and the wonder on there, which I'm like, me and you were both very mild on both yeah. of those movies and were not outstanding achievements at all, in my opinion. Um, but then you do have movies that you love, like Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Yeah. Um, banshees after sun like we i just talked about on or i will be talking about on this upcoming tuned in so it it seems like they're just picking of like okay what are movies like that were british that maybe were released and we can talk about like i mean it's interesting because it it does it feels like a uh a different voting body absolutely you know um i mean you you talk about like park jan wook and decision to leave and i'm like that's that's a different mentality of what makes up a good film absolutely than like us damn americans over here you <laughs> absolutely know. or like good luck to you leo grand is like very much a british like small conversation based like a, a very much a classic british film mm-hmm. so i'm not as surprised to see it here you know uh as opposed to in the academy conversation so yeah no absolutely also i will say uh all quiet one best film Banshee's one best British. British film. Yeah. So, so everything I was saying before, maybe not so much, but like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's interesting. Also, it looks like it's like 10 votes for that um, versus five for best film. Right. 10 right. noms. Yeah. Right. Interesting. It is interesting. I like, I, uh, I feel like I should qualify. Like all of this is speculative. I don't know much about the BAFTAs. So. Sure. <laughs> it's weird because I think, you know, the same films have been coming up for a lot of these award shows. Um, yeah. Which maybe is indicative of what people are going for, but it seems like a lot of, they all are deviating. Like mm-hmm. there's not really a consensus pick. I think everything yeah. everywhere would be the consensus Nothing's pick. Nothing sweeping everything. Yeah. Yeah. But everything is very like, even on this. Yeah. All quiet won a bunch and the Banshees won a bunch, but then you do have like, um, after sun gets a couple in there and, yeah. um, Kate Blanchett for tar, which is obvious. Uh, interesting. Uh, Barry Keoghan. Yeah. Winning best supporting for Banshees, uh, versus Q Kwan, who we've just been, who is like the Hollywood, like a shoot, right. you know, but right. Um, well, and it's also interesting because both Barry and Brendan Gleeson were nominated for that movie. And I don't know how you really pick between those two in terms sure. of that film. So, you know, I thought that would maybe split the vote and it would go to key. Yeah, it's very, it's, it, it is interesting. Elvis sweeps again, obviously, because people are psychotic uh, <gasps> and don't understand what a good movie is, but, you know, that is what it is. I don't know. I was just kind of astounded by the diversity in the nominees, not the winners, but the nominees. Yeah. Especially for like leading actress, we got Viola Davis, Danielle Deadweiler, Ana de Armas, Emma Thompson, Michelle Yeoh. And Kate Blanchett, like it's pretty, you know, it's yeah, pretty colorful up there, which is cool. Obviously, Blanchett I mean, wins, it's but. it's the Oscar noms without, yeah, Andrea Risenborough, right? You know, yeah, and six instead of five. Well, sure, yeah, because they're British. Sure, <laughs> I 
I don't. So do you think this is a uh, tipping of the hand, as it were, to what we're going to see at the Oscars? Or do you think this is just different? I honestly, I think this is just different. I don't think yeah. like All Quiet being such a presence. It is at the Oscars, but I think this it's it's not as universal as it would yeah. be for like a grouping like this. I don't know. I mean, you know, Kate Blanchett and Well, I mean, we didn't get Brendan Fraser for The Whale. That's true. We got Austin Butler for Elvis, which I think like Brendan Fraser we've been saying is pretty much the issue in for but is he? I don't know, man. Is it not? I mean, dude, Austin Butler could win. And not it because of this. This is yeah. whatever. But because people love him. And he was great. And we both said yeah. it. He was great. Yeah. He carried that movie. And we haven't seen The Whale. So, like, who knows? Brandon yeah. Frazier. Yeah. But is there a world where Elvis could win Best Picture? Is there a world where anything except for everything everywhere wins Best Picture? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. In terms of at the Oscars? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, what do you think the second runner-up is? Let me bring them up here so I know what the list I'm looking at is. I mean, I think there's definitely a world where Banshees could win. Mm, okay. I think there's definitely a world where All Quiet could win. Really? I do. I mean, like, given, and I haven't seen it, but given just the conversation that has been everywhere around this movie... Mm-hmm. I think that's not completely unfeasible. Um, sure. Especially if like we get into a situation where, you know, Martin McDonough takes best director or, mm. you know, where it's like the ones that we think have the best choice where, or like where the Daniels get the best director or, sure, you know, we get um, all the like peripheral kind of big wins. Right. Go to the ones we expect. Yeah. I could see all quiet picking up the the top spot Mm, interesting what if it's top gun (laughs) could it happen if it's top gun i'm like i want an investigation as to how this happened you (laughs) because i like that movie but like best picture uh. top gun versus tar even it's just like tar is the better movie like it is but maybe that's a changing of the times where they're and i don't think Top Gun's going to win Best Picture. Yeah. But, like, going with the populist choice of being like, this was the number one movie for a lot of people last year, and just in terms of general population, like, is that going to be factored in? I mean, obviously, we're not going to know, but... I mean, factored in, I don't... Like, that would be... I think it's a... uh, It's wild that Top Gun Maverick is nominated. It is. It is a good movie, but like there are good blockbusters that come out all the time. Of course. You know, that I'm like, yeah, would never be anywhere near Best Picture. Right. Um So I like, I feel like if we were going to shift to big popcorn movies are taking home Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So like we've been there before. Sure, I, you know, of I course. say all the time, like Gladiator in 2000 yeah. and Lord of the Rings Return of the King in 2003. Like, yeah. Those were the huge popcorn movies of the year. And the Academy was like, hell yeah. You know, I mean, it's Peter Jackson and Ridley Scott. So sure. But, uh, you know, it's not unheard of. But if we were going to hit that point, I feel like we'd have hit it a couple years ago. Mm. You know, or like even just pre-COVID where it's like, 
like end game. This is like where, yeah, where like everything is just huge blockbuster movies. And like, that's all anyone's talking about. And we've never really been there. So, right. That's true. That is true. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's, this is not indicative of the Oscars. I do like Park Chan-wook being in there. That's really cool. I had no idea that he was going to be nominated for best director for this. Like very interesting. That's cool. Um, not that he needs that, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't have that much else to say about the BAFTAs, but yeah, it was interesting that they come so close to the Oscars too, but and yet are so different in terms of the way they structure their awards. Like, there's so it's many true. categories yeah. here, and half of them double. Well, and up. they have like the like, <laughs> best debut. Yeah, which is uh, great. Director, writer, director, or producer. I think um, that's great. Which is fascinating. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, Good luck to you, Leo Grand. Was first time. Oh, deb- oh, interesting. Okay. Debut writer. Wow. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's like a whole, I feel like, category that we could break. Like, I feel like, I feel like next year when we do our Oscar nominations and we should write this down somewhere because like when we do our Oscar nomination episodes, mm-hmm. that would be an interesting one to try and do on our own of just oh, like yeah. best, you know, new arrival to the scene. Absolutely. Oh, we should do that. I'm going to write that down. So we kind of had something set up there a little bit that we can go back to uh, in terms of transition of like, so like, yeah, if we were going to have a big blockbuster win, it would have been a couple years ago because it's not the big blockbusters that are in play right now. It's true. Let's talk about mid-tier movies here a little bit. Yeah. For the longest time, kind of the bread and butter of the box office, you know, you had your like big ones, but then there was always, you know, your 50, 30 to $50 million production movie that, you know, made 70 grand. People were like, sweet. Yeah. Done. I think the rise of the MCU and the fall of the DVD kind of shot those in the foot a little bit and the rise of streaming too. Definitely. Um, Yeah. But, uh, we seem to be getting back to them. Yeah. Where there is a lot of conversation, or, and I want to start this by saying, like, there's always so much conversation around the big, loud blockbusters, but there are always these smaller ones yeah. around. They're just a lot harder to hear about sometimes. Yeah. So I guess, what's the question here? Are these mid-tier movies just becoming louder mm. and, like, more talked about, or are there more of them? Or are there uh, are they way more easily accessible, or all of the above? I was going to say yes to Go. all of them, but <laughs> also our high budget movies, whether they're streaming or theatrical. The a- apart from like Top Gun and Avatar, the quality is getting substantially lower in terms of how good these movies can be. Um, yeah. You know, we talk a lot of crap about Netflix and their, you know, blind check writing to people who don't know what they're doing and make, you know, The Gray Man and Red Notice that both cost like, I think, half a billion dollars combined and were both unwatchable, not unwatchable, but like really not strong. Yeah. But then there are these mid-tier movies and like, I'll I'll talk about Knock at the Cabin for a minute where, is that the, is that a, you know, a genius level movie? No. Is it like amazing? No, but it is 
I, again, didn't feel cheated out of my 15 bucks, didn't feel cheated yeah. out of two hours. And it was something that I could think about for a minute. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, obviously streaming, there's so many more of these mid-tier movies because streamers will cut a check for 10 mil and say like, here, do this, do this for us and we'll put it out. We yeah. don't have to do a marketing campaign. We can just get it out, another piece of content. Yeah. Um, so in a way, I think that they were just there and they've always been there because studios will always keep making these movies, but the big ones have gotten so much worse that yeah. people are looking people movies are a staple they're wallpaper yeah movies are everywhere tv is everywhere but the good shit pokes through and some of this mid-tier yeah. stuff even like the auteur stuff like bones and all it was made for probably like 15 to 20 million dollars and it's really good it's really yeah. good and you know i don't know exactly where i was going there but yes to all your well, questions so, like <laughs> yeah like the, the, what you're saying of like they're they're the top tier ones are not as good. Yes. You know, um, like I think that's a big player in it Mm -hmm. in that, like the MCU hype was so intense for so long that a lot of people couldn't see anything besides that. Right. And like, didn't want to, they're like, yeah, I have the MCU. Like, why would I watch other movies? Thanos is in this one. What do you have? Thanos is in that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh, you know, a man called Otto. Who the fuck is like Tom? Uh, sidebar, when I went to see Avatar, there was a couple next to me who just like rolled into the theater and didn't know what they wanted to see. Oh. And they were grilling the poor woman behind the desk about like what each movie was. Oh, dear God. And she didn't really know, which I kind of take issue with if you're going to work in a movie theater in a box office, like you should. Yeah. Uh, but they were asking about a man called Otto and they're like, is it like a taken thing? Is it like yes. action? <laughs> like, you know, where like they're like just like an action movie. And like, I didn't, but I wanted to be like, no, it's, it's not. And the girl behind the desk was like, I, I don't think, so. I don't, I don't know who's like, I don't know. You see that smartphone um, in your hand? Look up a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so total sidebar, That's but um, to back to my other point where it's like when the, the, the huge hype around these things is less so, and people are going, I don't really care about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Right. What do I see? Right. Then it opens up a whole different ball game, you know, and we'll like take Avatar the way of water out of that because as we've stated several times, like it's an anomaly. It's an no anomaly. one knows why that's making so much money. It just is making so much money. Right. We um, both liked it and we're still like, how is it crossing $2 yeah, million? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worldwide, $2.247 million So right it now. broke even. Billion, Good for Big billion. Jim. Yeah. Yeah. He did uh, it. <laughs> anyway. So these other things here are starting to get noticed. Yeah. Um, and like I say starting to in that like these mid-tier things did used to be a, a much bigger thing, but they're starting to get noticed and they're starting to get noticed because I think they're good. Yes. You know, I mean, like you would, you could qualify everywhere, everything everywhere in this, this, in this vein. You Absolutely. can qualify. Um, I'm like debating now and what this actually means, but like things like the whale or, um, knock the cabin, like you said, or plane plane or barbarian um, or, um, yeah. Magic Mike. Like there's a whole bunch of these that anything that's not like no budget and, or $400 yeah. million budget, like everything else. So I think part of it here is people are less blinded by the MCU. 
honestly, yeah. the MCU and like superheroes yeah. and um, the DCU and all of it. Yeah. And I'll, you know what? I'll even say like, we should, I feel like that's kind of contained to superhero movies because outside of like Top Gun and Avatar, I'm like, what? I can't think of a lot of huge blockbusters that don't fall into those car- categories from the last couple of years. Well, they go straight to streaming. Like they're Netflix movies yeah. that just hit streaming and are like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know, you go to 22 and it's like Black Panther, Doctor Strange, yeah. Jurassic World, Minions, Batman, Thor, like Spider-Man. Uncharted, those are top, yeah. Yeah. Black Adam, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like those are your top 10 there. Right. But then you get down further to like the ones that aren't going to make a billion dollars. Right. Um, and this isn't where I was going at this point. But you get down farther and you get things like Nope and you know, light year kind of, Kinda. I guess. Um, but like smile and the lost city and bullet train. Yeah. Um, you know, which are where the crow dads sing, you know, like not huge things, but they're not terrible and they're doing good business. Yeah. And they're doing good business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's to go back to my point for a third time, <laughs> I think like people are seeing more in the peripheral because the big stuff isn't as focused in, attention grabbing but also i think um streamers are playing a big part of this of like yeah like you said earlier like i'll pick this up like i'll buy the distro rights for this for you know five million dollars or whatever yeah i have no idea if that's true and like (laughs) here we go up it comes and in that same vein then people can see it exactly you know and i think that's like where a big part of this is coming just because like from my experience, like there's a handful of things here that I'm like the smaller stuff that I just heard through word of mouth and given I'll like put an asterisk after word of mouth because like you and I host a movie podcast. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You know? Um, So like we tend to hear about this stuff (laughs) for no other reason than we make, you know, most anticipated lists. Absolutely. But yeah, that's kind of my thing is like these mid tier things are like, Breaking through the noise. Yeah. Because the noise is quieter. It is quieter. And the thing that everyone keeps forgetting is that everybody wants to watch movies. Like, it's not this crazy algorithm that Netflix seems to think it is. It's like, people just want to watch good movies. That's kind of it. And the fact that streaming is so popular is both great and awful. Great because people can see so much and these streamers are just dumping money into these filmmakers who you know might or might not know what they're doing and that could be really interesting but i also found that when i go to even the big chains like amc and i go to a weird film something Mm -hmm. that's not avatar and i'm in theater 12 and i'm at the back there's still half the theaters full of people like people are like you said those people just walked in and were like what's playing yeah that didn't happen last year or the year before obviously covid was a part of that but like we wrote theaters off completely and now people are back just walking around like, oh, it's it's 6 p.m. In. Let's go see a movie. Yeah. That is the thing. And not everybody wants to get slapped in the face by Kevin Feige every time they go to the movie theater. And it's true. S- and I think that's playing, like you said, it's a huge part. But the biggest thing is people just want to watch movies. That's it. It's that simple. You don't have to engineer this into being like, oh, it has to be the power of the dog or it has to be Ant-Man. Like, no, there's everything else in between. Yeah. And filmmakers like Shyamalan and even I'll put Michael Bay in that category like are making stuff like that where, and even Greta Gerwig, it's like 
you have these filmmakers who get that and are good filmmakers, you know? Yeah. With streaming, it's it's difficult. But I've seen a lot of good streaming movies this year and last well, year. <laughs> and there's part of it to, to tie into the theaters thing is like, I would bet because of all of the streaming stuff that's available. Yeah. Like people are way more likely to, like there are, I know a bunch of people who like, I don't really watch movies. Sure. Like I, you know, I don't watch movies, but when you're accustomed to watching two or three episodes of something in a row, taking on a two hour movie becomes less of like an undertaking. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So like maybe you're going to, oh, you know, like, oh yeah, like I've definitely done this to Jess. It's like, it's like, it's like the length of like one and a half episodes of something. <laughs> Like, oh, like, you know, like it's a metric that people can like relate to. Right. Um, and it makes it more accessible. And like, once you kind of open that gate, then you're just going to go down that road and you can, as long as you're getting good entertainment out of it. Right. You're going to keep going down that road. Right. You know? No, I, I get what you're saying. And I also think it's something that we've talked about before is that the more money you throw at a problem, especially in the film industry, does not mean it's going to be a better product because yeah. more money just means you don't have to be as particular. And I think that doesn't ring true for some people, but it's like, it's not... Yeah. I've made the best stuff of my life when I had zero dollars and I had to make a shoebox look like a house, you know? Something yeah. like that versus, oh, well, we can do it in post. We can do we'll spend $50 million at this post house and have them do it. And we don't even have to really think about how it looks now. We can do it later. Yeah. Like that's what more We all know you're does. talking about the Russo brothers, Josh. I know. <laughs> Did they pay $300 million to add smoke to like half the scenes in gray man, yeah. whatever. So I think just almost out of necessity, if you have $10 million and you want to make a $40 million movie, you have to be more creative and you have to make sure the things that you're doing are going to work out versus you can get lazy if you have an endless budget, which a lot of these yeah. movies do. So I think that's part of it too. And maybe studios will start being like, wait, do you have to take 200 mil for this or can we do it for 70, you know? Well, <laughs> so we've talked a lot on this podcast about like the, like two tiers that we have going on. And I think we've kind of ended in this conversation yeah. of like, yeah, there's like the top tier, not top tier, so the higher, like, echelon of that doesn't sound better big budget? higher echelon of big budget there you go <laughs> uh like franchise stuff yeah that is apart from the rest of cinema these days definitely you know what i mean like all of the politics around that aside like there's a separation between you know black panther wakanda forever and nope absolutely um i just had the <laughs> box office from last year oh nice in front of me, so those are my two examples but um but it's interesting because throwing more money at it almost has an inverse response for each of those categories. Right. Because with something like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, throwing more money at it is going to, I think, ultimately be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because when you're already at $200 million, you know, yeah, and you're like, like, what's another $5 million? Sure. You know what oh, yeah. I mean? And like the returns on that and all that kind of stuff. And like, honestly, any issues that you have are going to need to be fixed because the investment is already so big in this. So like, let's give it more money to make sure that that's correct. Sure. Whereas throwing more money at something small could actually end up 
being like something that's happening because something good is happening. Right. Not out of necessity, but out of like, ah, we can do this. Out of like, yeah. Throwing more money at something like Nope is with a um, filmmaker that is like putting out good stuff and is in like a, you know, it's not trying to fix something. It's trying to enhance something. Exactly. I think is what I'm going for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like more budget, always a good thing, I guess, which I don't know if I believe. Um, but like if it's earned. Yes. On the smaller tier. Yes. If it's required on the upper tier, like you just got to throw money at that stuff. Just that's to. how that stuff gets better. Right. Um, right. But on the lower tier, like, yeah, you know, not always needed is the other thing. Exactly. And which is why filmmakers, I mean, up till just very recently, I think filmmakers weren't like, well, I'll have 300 mil to make this movie. It's like, okay, yeah. how much can I convince these people to give me? <laughs> yeah. 4 million. That would be fantastic. Thank you very much. We'll make it work. You know? Um, yeah. The mid-tier movie is not going anywhere, and in a lot of ways, like we've said, it's kind of keeping movies not, like, successful, but it's keeping them, like, accessible for people, (laughs) because there still is something for everyone out there. You just have to, it's not going to be on the marquee. Like, you'll have to maybe go and search down the, down the... Uh, list and see these other movies yeah and it, they're not going to have the big cardboard cutout and it's not going to be the first thing that netflix throws in front of you when you turn it on it might be you might have to cycle through the recently added stuff but you will find something and a lot of times it's really good like some of my favorite filmmakers the best stuff that they made was when they were broke and had nothing yeah. look at the coen brothers like are you kidding me some of their yeah. st- some of their stuff when they were nobody and sam raimi too like obviously they're very much a, a part of the same deal but like they made something with nothing yeah and look at them now you know so i don't know where we're gonna end on that but <laughs> mid-tier movies man <laughs> it's yeah like they're becoming a bigger part of the conversation yes uh in terms of like what i guess pop culture is going towards hmm. yeah in that like yeah we're getting out of all the top stuff yeah and uh, just to end Top it on stuff, you know what I'm saying. No, I know yeah. what you're saying. Um, and to end it on this, I mean, you know, we were talking about a couple of the movies that had made, you know, some money, like Plane or 80 for Brady, which, you know, are breaking the yeah. 30, 50 million dollar mark. But it's like, if you don't spend half a billion dollars, you don't need to make a billion dollars. Yeah. Like these movies are just 15 mil, 20 mil, it makes 30 or 40. Great. We, we, we did. And that's like better. a perfectly legitimate business model. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those like, yeah, you can make these movies that are going to make you a billion dollars. Yes. Um, but like, you got to really believe that that's going to do that. Um, whereas with like the mid tier ones, it's like, if it makes this money back and I make 10 million bucks out of it, great. 10 million bucks I can put into another movie. Right. Sweet. Sweet. So nine million bucks after I recruit a million. Well, sure. My, <laughs> you know, my Porsche. Sure. Um, Cause that's how it works. <laughs> uh well yeah right. there we go mid-tier movies yeah going from ant-man to the baftas to mid-tier movies all over the place today guys i hope that was coherent in any capacity <laughs> it's we're between weeks guys we have the oscars in a couple yeah. weeks you'll be hearing a lot of long-winded uh movie talk um so yeah should we uh do some recommendations here let's get into some recommendations so we're gonna try something this week dear listeners try being the the keyword try being the keyword we always do these uh, 
these recommendations and at the end we're like oh you know what that's that's either like an interesting or a completely terrible double feature right um i feel like we tend to lean more in the direction of like that's a terrible double feature most of the Uh, time most of the time (laughs) so what we're trying to do here is we've given ourselves a genre Mm -hmm. and josh and i are trying to make a good double feature blindly pair up blindly Blindly pair up two movies. Um, so this may not work at all. This may work. And it's it's weird because we'll know as soon as the first person says the first one. <laughs> so our theme was uh, sci-fi. Yes. Um, sci-fi adventure. Well, sci-fi in general. Sci-fi, yeah. It was I more because like Ant-Man came out and that's a sci-fi adventure. But sci-fi yeah. in general. That's just what I'm yeah. off of. So you said you have a few in front of you. So I'm going to make you go first because I don't want you changing. That's what I was going to do. Based on what mine is. <laughs> okay. Okay. So hmm, let's see here. I'm not going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with what I think is going to be a decent double. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay. The movie I'm choosing uh, is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, directed by Joe Johnston. <sighs> um. And now that I'm thinking about it, is similar to Ant Man, obviously, but not what what no. Go on, it's going to go be on. a bad double feature. <laughs> this um, could not have. All right, go ahead. If you've never seen Honey I Shrunk the Kids, uh, <laughs> you should watch it. it. Stars Rick Moranis as a wacky scientist dude who creates a literal shrink ray and um, shrinks his kids down by accident, and they go through this wild adventure trying to get back from. Uh, a garbage bag that's been left on the street back to their house. And um, it's a great movie. I really enjoyed this movie. Haven't seen it in a very long time, but the practical effects genuinely are fantastic in this movie. Like next level good. It's true. The the freaking Cheerios, dude. I'm always like, it's wow, this looks oh, well, And like so much, like just it was actually made yeah. in that. Yeah. The whole, uh, the broom sweeping thing. Like, this is the perfect, like, this is why you should do practical effects because it look. I was convinced. And even today, I'm like, I'm convinced. Like, this looks like they're small. It's really cool. Um, So, yeah, it's just a fun romp. Very, very similar to Ant-Man, I guess, now that I'm seeing it and reading it. <laughs> uh, But, yeah, you can find it on Disney+, Plus, which I might watch tonight. We'll see. And, um, yeah, so my, <laughs> my movie is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. What is yours? All right, so (laughs) I no, I feel like I have to be genuine here, okay? Because I was like gonna give you shit about you picking in the moment. So the recommendation that I'm gonna go with, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say, and then we're gonna go back to the one that I had in my head all day and then bailed on like an hour ago. Okay. So the one I'm recommending is Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Ah, yes. I love this movie. This movie is like so like Killing Murphy, Rose Byrne, Chris Evans uh, are all on it. I think um, Benedict Wong, too. Ooh. Yeah. Benedict you know, Wong. Yeah. This is a crazy cast. Holy yeah, hell. The cast is insane. Cliff Curtis, Michelle Yao. Like, Hiroyuki Sonata. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So. On a spaceship to go reignite the sun because the sun's going out. Yes. Classic sci-fi setup. Uh, they're isolated in space. Yeah. 
and shit goes down because they're isolated in space. Of course. I love this movie. This movie's like pretty incredible. Um, so good. One of the, I, I'm not a, the biggest Danny Boyle fan. So yeah, you know, I really dig his stuff. Um, so that's my recommendation. Much to my chagrin. <laughs> oh God. Up until an hour ago. Yeah. Pretty much basically when we started recording. Yeah. My recommendation was going to be a movie from 1987 called Inner Space. I don't think I know this movie. It's a movie wherein Dennis Quaid gets shrunk down and accidentally injected into Martin Short. Oh my God. And has such a similar feel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I was just like, this is like, I, I literally in my head, I was like, this just is like, my brain's just going here because Ant-Man was the prompt. Which is definitely why Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came in. And I was like, Josh is going to have some kind of like, so I'm like, oh, Josh is God. a big fan of like Event Horizon. So yes. we were an inch away we from so literally close. the perfect double feature. Because my other one was Children of Men, but I was like, there's no way he's going to go with something that's. In Children of Men Sunshine also is a pretty good double feature. A good double feature. So that's like exactly like what we feared would happen is that yes. we would both overcorrect. Oh God. To, wow. That I can't believe how close that got though. We're that's gonna keep crazy. doing these. We are. That we was, will nail it at some point. <laughs> that's I nuts. I cannot believe we were that close. You, anyway, you should watch Inner Space. Um I should. I, it was one of those ones when I was growing up was on like HBO all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically like Dennis Quaid's in a little ship and he gets injected into, uh, into Martin short and like, Oh my God. You know, basically controls him and has to get back to the lab before sure. he forcefully expands and like kills oh my God. Martin short. And it's like Martin short at the top of his comedy game. Anyway. Oh my um, God. <laughs> oh, to Joe Dante also. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Okay. I've never even heard of this movie. That's awesome. So, so close. Literally so close, guys. Oh so my close. I don't think we're, we're be chasing this dragon for the rest of our lives now. Of like, I know. Remember that when we were that close? Like, oh God. It's going to like destroy us. I know. <laughs> Certainly changed my relationship with inner space and sunshine. Oh my God. Holy crap. So, I mean, double feature, honey, I shrunk the kids in sunshine. I don't know which one you watched first. Um, probably sunshine. Yeah. Just. This is what always happens is we're like, yeah, that's the one you need to like pull yourself back from the brink. Um, (laughs) Oh, fuck. Well, damn. Still two good movies. Yeah. (laughs) That's so crazy to me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Then we're going to do this again and we're going to get closer. All right. Um, (laughs) God damn. Okay. All right. That'll Let's do it. it out. Yep, Josh. There it is. <laughs> uh, where can people find you on the internet, Josh? Oh, oh my, my God. God. You can find me on the internet on Twitter at JoshFuller33. Fuller is spelled with no E. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd at JoshJFuller. And where can people find you, Willis? <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I know. In myself. In, In myself. Because I was there. I was there. Just, I could have we, just said nothing. I could have just been like, yep, inner space. Oh my God, we did it perfect. But but you have integrity, I, is what yeah, you're saying. There you go. Um, if you want to find me and my integrity on the internet, 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Letterboxd at Willis Film. Uh, and if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters, and you can find us on Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, uh, where you can find all of our recommendations and double features, including Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Sunshine. God. Both really good. Both really good. <laughs> Very different movies. Uh, Children of Men and Inner Space still available for recommendationing. Still there. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Next time we we'll right. do a double feature. So we got, what, two, three weeks until the Oscars? Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have... Let's see next week's the week after and then the week after that we will have our big time oscar breakdown episode yes um so look for that on march 16th mm-hmm. where the ides of march yep. and i think that'll bring us home it definitely will bring us home um end of pod 